The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. Heating your house with wood, a contaminated food supply, and the coming economic collapse. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving. So I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show comes to you from the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show is aired on KYAH, AM 540 in Delta, Utah, Utah's Talk Authority. Also, the show can be heard on 89.3 FM, Key Radio in Osage Beach, Missouri. And on shortwave, tune in to frequency 7.490 WBCQ, Monticello, Maine. This show is also available on demand as a podcast on Anchor, Spreaker, Podpoint, and Podpage. And be sure to visit the website at offgridliving.faith. And I really do appreciate you joining me today. Welcome aboard, everybody. This episode, I'm going to have three or four main topics I'm going to talk about. But before I get going, I want to thank everyone again for your cards and your letters and give you just a quick little update. I'm not doing great, but I'm doing good. And that's a huge improvement of how I have been feeling, so... I'm actually getting some work done, and I was actually in the hay field just yesterday mowing more hay down. I realize that haying season is over, but when you're sick, you can't get your work done. And I just now feel good enough to get back in the field. And so I think I'm going to be okay. But again, thanks for your cards and letters. I do appreciate it. Well, I want to start off this show by telling everyone to hang in there. We're living in a world that is beyond crazy. People call it clown world. Well, I'm not really that big of a fan of clowns. It's much, much worse than clown world. It is insane world. And I just want all my listeners to know that you are not alone. There are many people, just like you are, that are out here scattered around this country. 
And we're all feeling alone and isolated and voiceless as far as government is concerned. Just know that you're not alone and also you're understood. It seems like we're living through very perilous times where you can't hardly trust anybody or anything. And so that's one of the reasons I want people to become independent as they can possibly get and rely on their own self. And one of the things that people do to rely on their own self is to fire their utility companies. Now, I fired my propane company, and I also fired my electrical company. I'm functioning as I normally would, for the most part, with electricity. When it comes to heating your house with wood, that's an entirely different story. Because while when you're working, your solar panels, or if you're generating through wind, and the wind's blowing, that's just something you have no control over. And you can be out working all day while you're making all sorts of electricity. Don't have to watch it. But with a wood-burning stove, you're a slave to it. If you have several people in your household, then it's pretty easy to do. You can take turns putting a log on the fire now and again. And it's much easier gathering the wood and processing it and, and feeding the fire when it's a group effort. But if you just have two people in your house or you live alone like I do, then it's a different story. Sometimes I have to be motivated to go out and use the saw. Now, I don't own a chainsaw. I want to say that right off the bat. I wish I did, but I burned two or three of them up, and I just don't want to go through that expense. And so I'm in the midst of buying a sawmill, and it's an old-fashioned sawmill that farmers used to use to make fence posts and things like that. And most of them were belt-driven, and this one's been converted to power takeoff shaft, and so it can also be belt-driven. And I have tractors that do have belt drives on them, and all of my tractors have power takeoff on them, so it's going to be easy to get this sawmill going. And once I get the sawmill going, it's not going to take me very long to finish getting my wood. But I haven't bought it yet, and it's about 50 miles from the house, and so i got to come up with the money and make the time and get it and bring it home, and I don't think it's been used in probably 20 or 25 years, so I have to lubricate it up good and go through it, sharpen all the teeth on the saw, and just general maintenance work. But once I put that to work, I'm going to be able to get my wood done almost effortlessly as compared to the way I do it now. But right now I'm just using a bow saw, and while it can be good exercise, it's also a major headache. But if you heat your house with wood, I think that there's a satisfaction that comes with that. And in the way I see it is that I love my independence. And so it's worth the extra work, in my opinion, to go ahead and heat with wood. Plus, I don't think there's anything quite as cozy as a wood-burning stove. When it's really frigid outside and you walk in and you have this heat radiating out of this beautiful stove, there's just nothing like it. And in the wintertime, I cook with my wood-burning stove, because as I'm heating my house, I might as well be cooking my food when it's time to prepare the food. And so I just go ahead and utilize that and save money on the propane that I would use to cook with my regular stove. Now, I'm not hooked up to any propane. I don't have any propane delivered. I have a freestanding stove that I go buy bottles for, and that's how I use my stove. And while a lot of people would not like 
to do that. They wouldn't like that situation. It does work well for me, especially in the summer. I can cook with that and keep the heat way down in my house because I don't have air conditioning. So once the house heats up in the summer, it stays hot. But in the winter, my old house can get really cold. And if I have an event I have to do that's, let's say, seven or eight hours drive away, then I have the event itself, the time limit that it has, or the time span that it runs. Sometimes I'm away from my wood-burning stove for 16 to 18 hours at a time. And that poses a problem when there's nobody here to put wood in the fire, and I don't want to stoke it up real hot and then leave. That's a recipe for disaster. And so on days that I have to leave, if I leave real early, I won't even start the stove. But if I leave in the afternoon, I'll go ahead and take the chill off the house in the morning, and then I'll let it die down and make sure that there's no issues before I leave. But there's lots of considerations you have to make when you're heating your house with wood. And it's getting to be more common than it used to be. I'm starting to see houses that show signs of having recently installed wood-burning stoves. And most people know about the care of the stove and to take care of things for fire. And I would say the main things you have to do is watch out for embers that pop out. Make sure that you have a functional fire extinguisher. And also keep a bucket of water on hand. I know a lot of you already know this. But for those who are just getting into heating your house with wood, those are two very important things that you don't want to overlook. And also, don't get your stove too hot. One night it was very cold and it was very late when I got home. And so I decided to really heat the house up because the house was very frigid. And I got that stove just cranking and the house was warming up really fast. And I happened to shut off the light that the stove was in. And I looked at the stove, and the stove was glowing red, and the pipe was red, and I knew that I had it way too hot. That was the first year I had that stove. I guess I didn't realize that if you pushed it that hard, that that would happen. Well, I knew right then and there that I needed to back it down. I quit feeding the fire, and I shut down all the air, and I closed the damper, and I cooled that stove down. And I've made it a point not to get it that hot again. So that's one thing for the novice to understand, that you can get the stoves too hot. But also, if you're lax in putting in wood on time when it needs to be put in, then lots of times you're starting over. Your flame has died down, you just have coals. And when they're fresh coals and they're really bright, well, they light real easy. They'll relight any wood. But if you wait an extra 20 minutes or half hour or so, then sometimes those coals lose some of that major part of their heat, and it takes them a while to start back up. And so your house will not stay evenly heated. And so it's really important that you have kind of a mental schedule, if not one written down, that you are going to put X amount of wood in the stove at certain intervals of time. Now, since I cook with my stove, I load it up with lots of small things that burn real fast that I get the flame up pretty good. And I make the stove hot enough to cook on. And then after I'm done cooking, I go ahead and damper it down and, and cool the stove back down. But again, I take care not to get it as hot as I did the first year that I had it, when I didn't know that I could get it that hot. Now I know better, and so I watch out for that. But I think you need to become a student of whatever stove you own and understand its intricacies. 
Now, my old stove has, I would say, some issues due to age. Because my old stove is about 80 years old right now. And it leaks a little air. And the bottom grate is in pieces. It still works. I have to assemble it again every time I clean it. It'll still function as designed. It's just something that I haven't got around to fixing yet. But you don't want to have excess air coming into your stove. So the bottom of your stove, you're going to have an ash drawer. And if that door doesn't shut tight, a lot of these doors had an insulation, like a piece of asbestos or other flame-resistant material that would help seal these doors. And some of the old-timers didn't have any of this insulation at all. They just had very tight-fitting doors. But through the years, whether it be through neglect or through moving them and having some issues in the move, you can have a door come open and spring the door. So I think it's really important that you align your doors and, and get them to shut as close to brand new condition as you can. That way you have much more control over your stove. And also you can be more economical with your wood. Because if you have excess airflow, you're going to use excess wood. It's kind of like driving your car and having your foot hard down on that pedal. You're not going to get very good gas mileage. Well, the same way can go with stoves if they're getting too much air. They're going to heat more. They're going to throw out more heat, but you're going to have to put wood in a lot more often. You can't damp it down to just kind of a steady warmth. With excess air, you've always got these hot spots. But one thing I wanted to mention about heating with wood is be safe out there. When you're gathering wood and doing other things that you have to exert a bunch of energy, understand that that's where people get some health issues. If you have, let's say, a heart condition, you're likely to find out that you do have a heart condition while you're out processing your wood. If you're out there chopping wood with an axe or you're doing it the old-fashioned way with a maul and you're splitting wood, and that's real honest, manly work. And I understand people enjoying that. That's kind of a stress relief. And I know a lot of people do it. But understand that that cold air stresses your body. So if you're out in the cold air, Take care of yourself as far as doing too much exertion. In other words, I'm telling you, take care and don't overdo. Pace yourself. Because as you're loving your lifestyle that you live, you don't want to be a victim of it. And so be really careful when you're using chainsaws, especially overhead. And if your arms get weak and you're cutting wood and you're starting to get a little fatigue, go ahead and take a break and get a hot cup of tea and just relax. Let your body recuperate, then go back out and finish. Even if it's just one log that's left and you can push yourself and get it done in five minutes. I guess what I'm trying to say is don't push yourself at all when you're out processing wood. But if you're in your 20s or 30s, well, that's just good exercise. Go for it. But anybody that's over the age 50, depending on how their health is, you have to really watch yourself and listen to your body. And one thing that we all have to admit as we get older is that we're older. And a lot of people, they want to do what they did like they did it when they were in their 30s or their 20s. They say, well, I've always done it this way. Well, you're not the same you that you were 30 years ago. I wish that you were. I wish I was. But I find myself getting winded a lot easier than I ever have. 
Now, part of it is I just got through fighting this COVID mess, and that does do a number on your lungs. But also, I can feel a little bit more fatigue, and I think that it's due to age. I think that I'm a year older, and I think I feel it. But I still have to heat my house. But I don't want to be a victim of my house, and so I'm taking care. And with chainsaws, you can have so many things happen in a split second that can be life-changing or life-threatening. And I know most people know how to use a chainsaw. But just because you've used one for years, don't get careless. Don't forget what you know. Don't take a rickety ladder and go after that extra branch at the end of the tree. Those are the ones that get you. And so just use your head. Make sure that your chainsaw chain is sharp. And make sure that you have enough oil. And just take your time. And do it right. And enjoy a nice warm house. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I invite all of my listeners to go to my social media site, which is on VeteranBrigades.com. It's the only social media site that I trust, and you do not have to be a veteran to join. So go to VeteranBrigades.com. Sign up and look me up over there, and on that platform, I'm the Living Off-Grid Show. And I plan on doing lots of interactive things over there with you, my audience. So please go visit me at VeteranBrigades.com. You're listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show on WBCQ. For the next several minutes, I want to talk about our tainted food supply. What do I mean by that? Well, it's corrupted. Of course, everyone knows about the chemicals that are harmful as far as preservatives and other things they're putting in our food. And those things are harmful. And it's best if we can avoid them if we can. But we can't avoid them all the time. And so every day we end up eating something that normally we probably wouldn't if we knew what was in it. It's come to my attention. Two things that everyone needs to really think about. Yes, it's another thing of this brave new world as they try to shove everything down our throats. But you have to understand that nobody's watching out for you as far as the government is concerned. They don't care. So you have to do your own research and you have to be very vigilant for your own sake. And so again, that's just another part of being self-reliant is taking control of your own health. And one of the best ways to take control of your own health is to take care of your diet. And one of the best ways to take care of your diet is know what you're eating. Now, right now, they're putting livestock that has been injected with some of these experimental-type vaccines that change your DNA. And so far, it's just down under in Australia. But Australian beef will be contaminated because the cattle that do live from getting the shot, which is about 82% live, 18% die as soon as they get the shot, which is absolutely criminal. But the ones that live and go through processing, it stands to reason that they have spike proteins that are going to be in the flesh of those animals. And so I would read where the item is from. 
If it's from Australia, I would not eat it. Not because I dislike the Australians, because I don't dislike Australians. I like the Australians very much. But I distrust the Australian government a whole lot. And I see what they've done to their own people. And honestly, they're not done doing it to their people. Because their people are all going to be consuming this beef. And so, in Australia, you have to make a choice. Do I still consume beef? And if you're a meat eater and you love beef, that's going to be really a hard decision to make. And I don't know about the tariffs and the things about trading American beef that goes into Australia. I don't know how that works. But I do know that Australian beef does make it to the United States. And quite a lot of it gets here. And so we have to be very careful. And so when you're going to a fast food place or buying canned beef, especially like the corned beef, a lot of that is product of Australia. And so you can go into your favorite fast food place and ask their management, where's your meat sourced? If they give you a source that's just a distributor, you need to go one step farther and say, I need to know what country that the beef was raised in. And a manager is likely to say, oh, the United States. I'm here to tell you right now that we're living in a world of deceit and a world that people really don't care. I know this sounds really over the top and overboard, but I also know that you do not want to be eating poison. And as far as I'm concerned, contaminated beef is poison and it's contaminated with spike proteins. And I don't want to put any spike proteins in my body. And I don't want any government or any corporation pushing anything at me. And I don't trust any of them. And so I think you really need to source your food, country of origin. And when it comes to GMO, it has not come out, and I'm not saying that this is true because I don't know. But it would not surprise me if they start putting spike proteins inside the GMO, if it's, all, if it's at all possible. Because if you haven't figured it out yet, it is one huge big plan that they have many facets of this plan. They've already corrupted the vegetables and the fruits. Now they're in the process of corrupting the meats. And it's all a plan to depopulate the world. And the only way you're going to beat these people is to know exactly where your food is made, who made it, where it's from, and then you can make the right choices. Now, if you can, I would buy my beef from a local rancher or local farmer. And if you can't do that, go to a local meat shop. Go to a local butcher. Tell the butcher that you want to have meat from animals from your state. You want something as local as possible. And if you want to take it one step further, find out what feedlot they came out of and call the feedlot and ask them what the ration is of fattening these cattle. Make sure they're not putting any steroids and make sure they're not putting anything in that may come back to harm you. Now I know that sounds paranoid, but right now we're living in a world where nobody cares. And so you have to. To what extent you want to go, that's up to you. But I think we at least need to be intelligent about our food. And the USDA is not watching out for you. And no other government agency is watching out for you. And so you need to verify yourself and know that what you're doing is right. 
not only for yourself, but for your family. One of the most evil things they're doing, though, is they're starting to put insect protein in all sorts of products. You need to find out all the different scientific words for insect protein or any slang words that they might use in the packaging. Because we're not designed to eat insects. If we consume insects, we will become ill. Insects are not good for us. No matter what these people try to brainwash you and say, oh, crickets are great, mealworms are great, maggots are great. Well, say, go ahead and eat them then, but leave me alone. But the thing is that if you have a steady diet of insects, you will become deathly ill. But they're not going to tell you that. So that's the reason I'm telling you. Stay away from anything with insect protein. And also, who knows how these insects have been genetically altered. I know that a couple summers ago, they genetically altered a bunch of mosquitoes and released them. And I have to ask the question. They released these little Franken-mosquitoes by whose authority? Who asked them to do that? Why would they do it in the first place? You see, these people are all playing God, and the ones in government are all playing dictator. So if they think they want to do it, they just do it. They don't care. And so we have these genetically altered things that are out in our ecosystem. Who knows how that's going to wreck the whole ecosystem? I don't know. But I will say this. The Platte Valley is usually alive with geese, starting in October all the way through December. There's thousands of geese that come through here. Thousands of ducks. And at one time, this was a hunter's paradise. Well, I live along the river, and up and down this river, there's lots of duck blinds. And so, especially on the weekends, early in the morning, you get woke up by shotgun blasts. And there are several of these duck blinds that are within a half a mile of the house. And so, when a flock of ducks comes in, and there's three or four people in the blind, it sounds like a war zone. There's so many shots. And then the flocks of geese always land on my field because I always either put in winter rye or winter wheat. And they see that green down there in the and the geese just flock to it. And so there's lots of mornings that I would get up and look out and there'd be five or 600 geese out on my field. And also I mentioned about not hearing any cranes. Well, one day I heard one other little flock. But you have to realize that normally during the fall, there's thousands that I see, and I probably hear tens of thousands. This year, I've seen four or five, and I've heard about a hundred of them. And that's really sad. But the geese are gone, too. There's no geese activity at all. I've seen three or four flocks, and each flock was under ten. And so the powers that be are doing something to destroy the birds. And I watched a video two nights ago that was claiming that in two years that a lot of these species that I talk about are going to be extinct. And they're claiming that the food chain is irreparably destroyed, so we have to prepare for massive famines and starvation. Now, I think this person was a little over the top, but I also thought this person had some very great points. And also in the mornings, especially in the weekends, when I usually hear gunshots, it's silent because there's nothing for them to shoot. I see the vehicles parked up and down the road. You know, they park out 
in a driveway and they walk into their duck blind and they usually are there till about, oh, one o'clock in the afternoon, then they leave. Well, they're still there till one o'clock. I don't know what time in the morning they get there because usually it's way before sunup. But I realized I hadn't heard any gunshots this Saturday when I heard two coming from a duck blind. They opened up, bam, bam. And then I realized, oh yeah, there's hunters out there. Then I thought again, wow, by this time I've usually heard hundreds, if not thousands, of shotgun blasts. So I've heard two shotgun blasts. So things are not good in that regard. I think that's one reason they're pushing the bugs, is because I think that some of these people in the higher up of the chain of command of this New World Order, I think they understand that they're killing off all of the natural game and they're making species totally extinct because they want to play God and they want to populate the earth with their, with their creatures that they genetically alter. And so we're in trouble that way. And the reason I told you all of that is because I think that's why they're trying to push insect protein, because other proteins are going away. And of course, they look at cows and they think that cows are destroying the planet when and any thinking person knows that's totally ludicrous. I find it real interesting, these same people that were giddy about the Nord Stream pipelines being blown up and having all that natural gas b bubbling up from the bottom of the ocean. I don't know if you've seen those pictures or not, but massive amounts of natural gas. And these people are going, yeah, we destroyed a pipeline. Yay, good. They're the same people that pointed a cow and say, that cow passes gas, it's destroying the earth. Do you realize that that ruptured pipeline likely put more natural gas in the atmosphere than probably 20 or 30 years of all the cows on earth combined could do as far as putting natural gas in the atmosphere? And it's called natural gas for a reason. They're just trying to get rid of all of our protein. That's what I'm trying to, that's the point I'm trying to make. So they want everyone to eat bugs. I'm telling you that they're sneaking it in all sorts of things. They're making a powder form of crickets and mealworms. Sometimes the package is honest and says cricket powder or mealworm powder. But a lot of times they disguise it with some sort of scientific language. They might use the official Latin name for an insect. Instead of calling it a cricket, they would give it its scientific name. So read your packaging and know exactly what you're looking for. Do your research on everything that they're going to call insect protein, no matter what kind of insect it is. For your health and for the health of your family, you cannot eat these things. They're absolutely harmful to your health. And this really goes triple for the school lunch program. I see worldwide, especially in the UK, they're having all sorts of insects added to their school lunch menu. And again, I don't think the government is your friend. I don't think they're on your side at all. I don't think they like you, and, and I don't think they like your children either. And so ultimately, they don't care what happens to your child. They're trying to indoctrinate these kids that eating crickets is normal, and eating maggots is normal, eating mealworms is normal. It's not only not normal, it's extremely detrimental. And so if you have children in school, I've got to ask you why. You need to pull them and homeschool them. 
But if they're still in a public school, you need to find out exactly what they're feeding your children. Not by, oh, it's a taco or it's a hamburger or a piece of pizza. No, you need to find out what's in that pizza, what's in that taco, what's in that hamburger, where it's sourced. And you need them to provide you with all the nutritional information and ingredients. I know that if you come in and ask for that, you're going to be seen as some sort of a kook. But I'm telling you, you do not want your children to be eating insects. And right now we have schools all over the country that are sneaking insects into their food. I wish things weren't this way. But we have to face it, after these midterms, which in my opinion were nothing but rigged, It really let me know that we have no political power. You have not a leg to stand on. And they're taking away our rights, our First Amendment's almost gone. Then they're going to come after the second and all the rest of them. They'll have some sort of excuse that your gun causes climate change. And all the brain-dead zombies will go, yes, firearms cause climate change. They just walk in lockstep. And it's these same government people that are supposedly watching out for your children in the school lunch program and also the USDA and everything else. They're the ones pushing this agenda. And so you don't ask the fox to watch your chickens. And so don't ask the government to watch over your children or over your food. So if you get anything out of this program at all today, I want you to understand you have to watch what you eat very, very carefully. And when I come back after the break, I'm going to talk about the economy and what I think's in store for us. If you enjoy the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show, I would ask that you consider donating to the show to help cover expenses because we don't get paid here. This is all done by donations. And... We do not take anything online as far as PayPal or any of that because of all the censorship. Not that they have shut us off, it's just I'm not going to give them the opportunity. So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way, by mail, check, money order, or if you want to put cash in a secure envelope, we would appreciate any donation, any size. Just send all your correspondence to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143, and your support is greatly appreciated. Welcome back to part two of the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun, and I really appreciate you tuning in today. And it seems like our world has gone mad, and so we have to take matters into our own hands. And the second part of the show, I want to talk about finances. I want to talk about the economy. I want to talk about what I see coming. And if you're living off grid, I want to tell my honest opinion. I think that you are in a much better position. And so those who are listening that are not off grid, Just realize that there are alternative lifestyles that are out there, and one of them is going off-grid and pretty much homesteading. And while my great-grandfather homesteaded this place, I consider myself a homesteader because I'm living more like my great-grandfather than I am my father. And that's my choice. 
Is it for everyone? Probably not, but I enjoy it and it's something that I like to do. I think people who are self-sufficient and live off-grid are going to feel the financial collapse much less than those who are on-grid. And I think that's another selling point to you who are not off-grid, is to at least consider it. Because what happens when this Russian oil embargo, as far as they're going to start putting huge tariffs on Russian ships, and all of the insurance companies are going to refuse to insure the Russians. Of course, the Russians are just going to go to the Middle Easterners or the Chinese to get insurance and funding and also ships, because not everyone dances to the tune of the United States. But what that is going to do is affect you at the gas pump, because worldwide the price of oil is going to go way up. And with the collapse of some of the Bitcoin and some of this digital currency, you may say, well, I don't know anything about it. I don't deal in it. It's not going to affect me. Well, it is going to affect you. Because lots of really, really big players had billions of dollars invested in all sorts of electronic currencies. And while I've always thought that was a house of cards, I think I'm going to be proven correct because I think it's all going to come tumbling down. Now, if you want to compare that with the stock market crash of 1929, you do realize that very few people were investors in the stock market. Only the big players, only the high rollers. You didn't have the day trading and things like that like you have today. And so the average worker most likely did not ever invest in the stock market. But yet when it crashed in 1929, you can't tell me it didn't affect his family because it did. He likely lost his job or maybe even lost his house because he didn't have a job anymore and he couldn't find work. There was a lot of hunger. There's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of hardships that happened because of a stock market crash. I'm going to tell you right now with this electronic currency crash, we're starting to really see it, but we haven't felt it yet. But if you take into account the type of people who invested in that and how much they have invested, it's going to be like the butterfly effect, only it's not going to just be a butterfly wing that starts the whole effect. It's going to be a tornado or a hurricane, and then it's going to go from there. And so if you're familiar with the butterfly effect, a butterfly flaps its wings and it makes a, it makes a little wind and that does something else that creates a chain reaction that creates something monumental. And it's starting with that little butterfly wing. Well, this meltdown that they're having with this electronic currency is more like a hurricane than a flap of a butterfly wing. And we haven't felt it yet, and the media's downplaying it, and the government's downplaying it. But I think that's the beginning of a financial collapse. Because there's a lot of people going to get ruined. A lot of people that are, quote-unquote, too big to fail. That means taxpayer money bails them out. That means you. That means me. And with this rigged election and they put more Democrats in charge, you think taxes are going to go lower? They're not. They're going to pass everything on to we the people. While they live lavish lifestyles and they squander our money and give it away to like Ukraine and lost causes like that, they do it on the backs of hardworking people. And that alone is criminal. But I think that you need to brace yourself. 
I think you need to have the ability to heat your house with wood. I think that you need to be able to get your hands on as much food as you can. I hate to be an alarmist, but it seems like every week, situation gets worse. And I think personally that we've got to a point where there's no way of fixing how bad it is. Because nobody wants to fix it because there's too many corrupt politicians and corrupt corporations that are getting rich off of this. Just look at how much Amazon, how much more wealth that generated for their company and all of their leaders and their company because of COVID. They shut down your local mom and pop store, but that really helped Amazon and businesses like Amazon. And so we don't live in a vacuum. And I think that things are going to start crumbling and tumbling. If you have money in the bank, I'm not going to tell you what to do with it because I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just going to ask you a question. Do you think it's safe there? Do you trust the banks? Do you trust the FDIC to do what they promised? Do you trust the government? Do you trust the big bankers? If so, well, then you can leave your money there and do whatever you want. But if you're like most people, you'll answer no to all of those questions or most of them. But the dirty little secret is, is that not very many people have any money. Most Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. There's so many people delinquent on their rent. There's lots of people that can't pay for their own utilities right now. And so in record numbers, we have people filing for government assistance. And in my opinion, that's just what the government wants. Because they want to control you and control your family. And if they control how much heat you use and how warm you keep your house and what food you eat and basically what car you drive and everything else, then they own you. And that's what they want to do is own everybody. And then ultimately, I'm going to say exterminate everybody, but right now, I think they just want to own everybody. And I think that's everyone in the world. So we really have to watch out for that. But the economic collapse that I see coming is on purpose. You can't tell me that when illegitimate Joe took office, one of the first things he did was, was to tell people to go ahead and rush the border and storm across. Do you know how many millions of people have come across? These people need jobs, they need places to stay, they need food, they need medicine. And a lot of organizations have went broke because they don't have the funds to handle all these needy people that are coming across their border. But see, that's by design. That's to help sink our economy. And then, of course, you have to get a COVID shot or they're going to fire you. But whoever comes across the border illegally, no, they're fine. You do realize that almost everyone in Pfizer, their whole company, is exempt. You do realize that most of the people in Congress and senators and all those people and all their aides are exempt. None of them have to get the shot. But we the people, are we better or we're evil. So think about that. Then you'll start understanding that it is very much an us-against-them type of a situation. But it's something that we didn't start. It's something we don't want. It's just all of a sudden, things have got out of hand enough to where it's absolutely obvious that they treat us like we're servants or like we're serfs. And they're the kings in the castles. And we have to do what the king says. And that's how we're going to be treated, I think, for a long time. We don't have any political power, and as far as the military goes, most of the really good patriots, and this is my opinion, 
but most of the good patriots that are still there are the enlisted people. I think that the patriots who were who were generals and other officers, they've been either forced out or purged. I think that we have a lot of leftists, a lot of social engineers at the top in the Pentagon. I think they care more about transgenderism than they do watching our borders or keeping us safe. So I'm not saying our military is bad, but I am saying that I question the leadership of our military and their motives and also their skill and their intelligence. But that's a whole other story. But allowing these people across the southern border is hurting our country's economy horribly. And then also, real close to day one, illegitimate Joe shut down the Keystone Pipeline and he ended all sorts of drilling and he tried to ruin the whole oil industry, and it's wreaked havoc all over our economy. And that was done on purpose. And so if you're waiting for things to trend around and say, well, everything goes in cycles, you would be 100% correct. I agree with you. Everything goes into cycles unless acted upon by an outside force. And right now we have very active forces, both Republican and Democrat, working together to basically sink our economy. This deep state thing is very real. And right now we have a lot of politicians that want to basically dictate to the world. We live in a dictatorship. The courts are beyond corrupt. The people in the cabinet of the government right now, as far as the federal government, are corrupt. The illegitimate president is beyond corrupt. And so we really truly have the inmates running the asylum. And I don't think they're going to stop until the economy crashes because they want to quote-unquote build back better. And so they can't build back better until they destroy what's there. And they're really working hard to destroy things. It's only the hard work and the will of the American people that have kept us as good as we are right now. And so we all need to understand that things are not cyclical this time. Things are different. I feel it in my bones. I see it every day in my research. And I wish it wasn't so. This is how I see it. I look up overhead. I'm being attacked by airplanes spraying chemtrails of all sorts of deadly chemicals. And these chemicals are going into the ground. And then we're eating the things that are sucked up through the roots of these plants that are being sprayed from the airplanes. And who knows what kind of pathogens and other things that they're spraying. But they're spraying all sorts of things. And they're spraying light-colored trails, and they're spraying black trails and gray trails. And they're not even trying to hide it anymore. As a matter of fact, they're going to step this up. So we're going to see more airplanes in the sky spraying more chemicals. So we're attacked from the sky. And we're attacked from the ground itself because of what they're spraying. Then you get a drink of water. If it's bottled water, there's going to be things in that bottled water, little pieces of plastic, microplastic. And that's been proven by test after test of a lot of the reputable, best-known brands of quote-unquote pure water are very much contaminated with microplastics. And who knows what else they're putting in that water. And of course, your tap water, in most places, has chlorine in it, or fluoride, or both. So they're attacking what you drink. They're attacking what you eat through GMO. They're attacking what you eat 
by hiding insect protein and putting it in your food. They're putting all sorts of chemicals and things in your food that's not good for you. They're attacking your children at school by not teaching them. We're just generally under attack. And where's the church? They're AWOL. Now, you might say that your politician is good, everyone else's is bad. But what's your politician done about the chemtrails? Nothing. What have they done about the fluoride in the water and the chlorine? Nothing. What have they done about the microplastics that they're finding in bottled water? Nothing. All the things that are attacking you personally, attacking your body, and a lot of these chemicals work in your brain. And a lot of these chemicals are sprayed so they will work in your brain. I don't really know their end game other than it's just control. But I do know that we have heavy metals now in our bodies that shouldn't be there because of the chemical spraying and everything else. And you might say, well, what does that have to do with the economy? Well, I'm just trying to point out that they're attacking our economy. And they're attacking your health. They're attacking your children. They're attacking your air. They're attacking your water. They're attacking your food. And the First Amendment's on life support. And if things are implemented like what I'm reading, what they want to do, it's going to be a crime to say everything I've just said. It'll be labeled hate speech or disinformation. As an American, I have the right to say what I've just said. It's just an opinion. I have a right to my opinion. But in this brave new world, where there is no countries, everything is this new world order, I think we're starting to see where all this is going. And so really watch out for what you eat, watch out for your food. And with the economy, the reason I wanted to talk about it today is I think it's time for you to personally do something with whatever money you have. And I know the stock market has gone up, it's gone down, it goes back up. And I really don't understand the stock market. So if you have money there, I'm not going to make a comment because I'm not qualified to make a comment. But as a common person that sees the inflation and sees that everything is going to go through the roof, especially when these new sanctions against Russia take effect and oil prices worldwide go much higher. And then we have this diesel shortage and a looming railroad strike. And we have a lot of things on the plate and all of them are bad. And so you have to decide what you're going to do with what money you have. But make sure that it's a decision made with research. And I wouldn't just trust your local banker and say, well, I banked with them for 30 years, so I'm just going to leave my money in there. You have to understand that these banks are getting different letters all the time telling them of regulation changes. Bankers used to have a good handle on everything that they did as far as loan rates and the ways to conduct businesses. But it seems like in the last couple of years, just every week or so, they come up with a different mandate or a different policy, and the banks have to comply. They have no choice. But you as an individual, you do have a choice. And I know lots of people have stuck their head in the sand. Now is not the time to do that. So if you have any money that you want to protect, what you need to do is research all of your options, whether it be stock market, gold, silver, put it in a tin can and bury it in your backyard, whatever. Make knowledgeable decisions by doing research.
and don't procrastinate. I have no idea when the big event's going to happen. But I know that we're either going to die the death of a thousand cuts, and things are going to get worse incrementally, a little at a time, kind of like cooking the frog. The frog doesn't know he's being cooked until it's too late. It's either going to be like that, or it's going to be like a big explosion that you can't miss, that everyone sees and everyone feels. Right now we're dying the death of a thousand cuts. And people were holding out, well, the midterms, after the midterms, we'll fix it all. I didn't believe that for a second. I was hoping for that, and I voted for that. But in my heart, I knew that I was voting in vain. And that's the way I feel about it. But what I see as far as the economy is not good. And I think that if you trust the powers that be in the institutions as they are made up right now, I think that you're gambling with your money more than you need to be. But for those who do have a nest egg, I think you really need to watch your nest. And if you have to move where the nest is, move it. And I would say go talk to your banker or other financial advisor. But they're so much inside the system that, honestly, I don't trust anything that any of these people would tell me. Now, I know that's a problem I have. I know it's a personal thing. But the old saying, once bitten, twice shy. And I've experienced the banking world in a very negative way. I've seen it. And also the medical world. I've seen the bad of that too. I see how bad it can be. And you have to understand that you're dealing with basically robots when you're calling in if you have a complaint or you need something. When you're dealing with any of these big corporations, you're just a number and they don't care. George Carlin said it very well when he said, it's a big club and you ain't in it. Well, I'm going to add to that. It's a big club, you ain't in it, you never will be, and they don't care. And so you do have to care. And so what do I see coming? I see things happening in the next six months that are going to make inflation run wild. I think that what's going to happen in the future is the shelves are going to be bare. And if there are things on the shelf... They're going to be priced too high for anyone in the lower income bracket. You look at the streets and see the homeless people. While there are a few that want to be there, and that's their lifestyle choice, there are many more that don't want to be there. They've already been put out of their home and into the street. And if things keep getting worse, incrementally like they are, there's going to be more people out on the street. And I just want to make sure that it's not you. So really take care. Watch your wallet, know where your money is, and ask yourself why you have it there. And it's got to make sense in a crazy world. Because it's up to us to become self-sufficient. So I guess you could say I'm ringing the alarm bell. There's danger in the economy. And if you don't think it can affect you, you're wrong. If you think the cycle is going to change and it's going to just go back to normal by itself, in my opinion, I think you're wrong. So please take care of you. Please take care of what you eat. And if you heat with wood, take care of your house. Take care of your wood-burning stove and all the equipment that goes along with it. And be careful out there harvesting your wood. Watch your wallet. Watch yourself. Become as wide awake as you possibly can. 
Well, I hope that someone got something from this show today. The reason I do these shows is I want to be a help. And I do get cards and letters from people that are greatly helped by what I say. And for them contacting me, I really appreciate it. And if you'd like to send me an email, my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. Jim at offgridliving.faith. And the website is offgridliving.faith. And I'd like to add right here that I've added Red Circle as far as podcasts. So I'd like to welcome all my Red Circle listeners. And also you can find me on BitChute, HugeTube, RoxyTube, and Brideon TV. And those are video sites, but I just do the audio only. And you can look me up by my channel, which is a Living Off-Grid show on any of those platforms. I'm often asked if I do social media, and no, I don't do Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or any of those because I think they're all corrupt. But I do use social media, but only the one I trust, and that's VeteranBrigades.com. And so I invite all of my listeners to go to VeteranBrigades.com and sign up. It's a very small kind of backwater type of a site, but it's full of patriots and thinking people. And you won't get the clutter that you have on those other platforms. And so go to VeteranBrigades.com, join up, and look me up, Living Off Grid Show, on VeteranBrigades.com. And I want to say a shout out to the WBCQ Bunch. Thank you very much for your cards and letters. For a while I wasn't getting anything from WBCQ, but now I am. I really appreciate it. And also to the listeners of the podcast on Spreaker, Anchor, PodPoint, and PodPage. Thank you for listening. And I want to do another shout out to the listeners in Osage Beach, Missouri on Key Radio. I'm getting some letters from you folks too, and I really appreciate it. So thanks for listening. And remember that this show is listener supported. And if you'd like to send a donation, it would be greatly appreciated. I take checks and money orders, and you would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. And you would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box. 163 P.O. Box 163 Hershey, Nebraska Hershey, Nebraska and the zip code is 69143 and until next time everyone stay safe be proactive really pay attention to your surroundings keep your powder dry but most important of all replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.